Welcome to Let's Talk Cake. I'm Carrie. And I'm Savannah. And on today's episode, we will be talking to Azara from Milk Moon Kitchen. Cakes can truly just steal the show of a party. I approach mixing frosting the same way that I would mix paint. I'm ready to do more. I need to do more. Send me your cake recipes. Send me everything you have. I Send me everything. You know, baking is... It's such a craft. All of your senses are involved, and it's such an expression, and it's cozy, and it's so rewarding. Honestly, I'm sure everyone has been touched by cake in some way. Hi, you guys. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Let's Talk Cake, a podcast by cakers for cakers. I'm Savannah, and I'm here with my mom, Carrie, and together we own the Dessert Studio in Utah. Yeah, so this week we had a busy week. We had three wedding cakes, a few celebration cakes, and then just some odds and ends. One cool thing that happened this week is we hired a dishwasher. (laughs) (laughs) Or my little brother. (laughs) (laughs) But a dishwasher, I can't even tell you how cool it is to have somebody come in after we're done and wash up the dishes and put everything away, and we come into all the dishes done the next morning. It's definitely a good feeling. And then being able to get out of there a little earlier because we don't have to do the dishes. It's, yeah. It's nice. We're, we're counting that as a step in the right direction. So <laughs> anyway, so that was fun. And then we had a little bit of fun family time with some games and stuff as we wrapped up the time we had with all of my kids in town. And we put my son and his wife on an airplane on Friday. So we're, we're back down to not having everybody here, which was kind of a sad thing, but... Hopefully it is also a sign that things are moving on and that we're getting a little bit back to normal and they're going to be able to get back into school and finish things up. So, Yeah, but on today's episode, we will be talking to Azara from Milk Moon Kitchen, and she is so talented and so interesting just to watch and learn from. I mean, she's got her YouTube channel, and we've been doing some watching on there, and it's been so fun just to see her creativity shine and just see what she comes up with and so we're so excited to talk to her and let's get her on hi azara how are you doing well thanks thank you so much for having me on your podcast of course we're so excited (laughs) thanks for being on it i understand that you are you said like a million months pregnant so (laughs) yes yes quite pregnant at this point um He could officially come any day now, so we're just waiting, yeah. Well, maybe he was just waiting for us to talk to you on the podcast, (laughs) and you'll (laughs) have a new baby by nightfall. (laughs) I'm ready. (laughs) It's time. (laughs) Is it a boy or girl? Uh, It's a boy. Awesome. Um, And um, we decided we're naming him Jacob, so his name's going to be Jacob King Cravaton. Oh, Um, congratulations. Thank you so much. We're so excited to, uh, you know, to have this little like ray of sunshine yeah. um, in these times oh, that are yeah. so sure. troubling. Yeah. <laughs> we all need a ray of sunshine these days. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm excited for you. Babies are you. just literally, literally the best thing in the world. Is this your first? Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Well, you're in so for a slowly, lot of great stuff. Yeah. Slightly in panic mode, definitely, but also <laughs> just more excited about this than I've ever been, I think, about anything. Oh, so. that's cool. so cool. <laughs> Except awesome. for cake. Except obviously. for cake. There we go. <laughs> Babies are even better than cake. Sorry. <laughs> oh, funny. So I'm really curious. I want you to tell us about your the name of your business, your 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 Instagram and everything. It's such a cool name. Yeah. Um, so I, I named it Milk Moon Kitchen. Um, it started out actually as um, one tier wonder. <laughs> um, and the whole idea was that I was going to be focusing exclusively on like single tiers and, you know, um, things that uh, were more approachable for people to um, to try out in their home kitchens and that sort of thing. Okay. And then pretty quickly, I started getting deeper and deeper into, um, you know, really like fussy designs and uh, stuff that just kind of takes a lot of time. And uh, I sort of lost um, track of that original vision of like, this is going to be fun and easy for people in their kitchen and got more into just like, what is this like weird direction that I'm headed in? Um, and so I decided to kind of uh, think about 
you know, that, that new direction and what that meant um, and tried to rename. And um, uh, some, at some point during that period of time where I was kind of in transition, um, I was outside and it was, you know, broad daylight and I looked up and I saw the moon out um, and I was with a friend of mine and I just pointed it out and I was like, I love it when the moon is out during the daytime. And she was like, oh, you know, my grandma always called that a milk moon. And I was just like, oh man, it's so perfect. I mean, obviously there's like the milk side of it. I use a lot of dairy products, but um, also it really spoke to that thing that's so appealing to me of something that's unexpected, something that kind of throws your perspective about how how things are supposed to work or how things have always worked um, into question because you always associate the moon with nighttime, but it's out in the day all the time. Um, and so, you know, this whole idea I had of like kind of breaking with tradition and trying to find my own path and stuff, um, it just kind of made sense and it really stuck with me. So, um, so that's it. what I went with. That is seriously so cool. I, I love what you said too. And I think it's such good. I mean, it's, it's really good advice for all of us because you started out with one thing and it evolved and it's okay for things to evolve. It's okay for us to, mm. to transition and learn and, and, and work our way into what ends up being the right spot, the sweet spot mm. for us. And that's what, mm. that's what you did. And I think it's great. Yeah, absolutely. And And that's really when things opened up for me is when I decided to try to move away from, um, you know, uh, trying to kind of see if I could make little twists on like what other people were doing and kind of riding the trends and that sort of thing, which is also really fun and something that I really like to do. But the transition, the real sort of moment of kind of change and sort of understanding um, for me was when I was kind of like, oh, wait, there's, there's something else there that's like coming from inside of me um, that I... I want to turn my focus to and make it my own and find my own voice and, and that sort of thing. And that idea in the sort of cake sphere of like finding your voice and, you know, using cake as an expressive art form um, really kind of started to gel for me at that point. I love that. And seriously, your cakes are so unique. And so it's just clear that, I don't know, it's clear that you are an artist in what you're doing and you're passionate about it. So that's, that's awesome. And you found your own spot and Truthfully, a lot, most of your cakes that I've seen are one tier, but it's not one tier like anyone uh -huh. in the world has ever thought of one tier. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's more like, uh, you know, four little tiers kind of stacked on each yeah. other, but it's amazing. all the same size. <laughs> I have so many questions about that, but we'll get to those as we go. Okay. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Why don't you just take us back to the beginning where maybe you were, what was it? One Tier Wonder was your original name? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Why don't you just start from the beginning and tell us how you got started making cakes? Yeah, totally. So One Tier Wonder was actually, um, so this is when I was living in Denver, uh, maybe like five years ago. Um, and I had started working as the acquisitions editor for cake decorating classes um, at this company called Craftsy which does online cake tutorials um, and also a ton of other crafting tutorials as well. Um, I had been living in New York City before that, and uh, I had been looking for a full-time job after grad school. And I came, I was a Craftsy subscriber. Um, actually got into Craftsy because I was curious about Jessica Harris's techniques of um, kind of, you know, cutting out shapes and putting them on um, wax paper and then applying that to the cake, you know, in fondant and then peeling the wax paper off. So you had kind of like a sticker and I thought that was super cool. So, um, so I discovered Craftsy through that. Um, and then I saw that they had posted a job for a cake acquisitions editor. I had no idea what that meant, but immediately I was kind of like, hmm, this sounds like a thing that would work for me. Um, and uh, I ended up getting an interview and everything worked out. So I moved out to Denver. Um, and I started working with cake decorators from all over the world, which was an incredibly valuable and amazing experience, um, helping them develop uh, curriculums um, for class, like online classes that they were making with us. And so all of a sudden I had this huge dump of, um, of cake techniques and information and inspiration that was just right at my fingertips. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to start using this. I had already been, you know, baking since I was like 13 or whatever. Like, you know, most, most cake people start baking in general super early. Um, 
And, uh, you know, at that point I was really comfortable making cakes, but, um, you know, I, I never really tried a lot of different techniques and hadn't had a lot of exposure to kind of more broadly what was going on in the cake world. Uh, and so I was kind of like, all right, cool. I'm going to put some of this to use and I'm going to create my own little niche and just do like some fun stuff on my own. And, uh, you know, that's how I started, started out with one tier wonder. And, um, because I was working with a lot of really awesome people at Craftsy who were focused on, uh, understanding audiences and, um, looking at data to create strategies, um, in terms of reaching people and all this kind of stuff, uh, I decided to kind of try to format my social media stuff to reflect a lot of that, um, a lot of that information and that turned out to be not the best direction for me because I really found myself kind of tied to this idea of like, I have to do what's popular. I have to do what's trending right now. Um, and in the end, it made it hard for me to create anything because I wasn't feeling very inspired by it um, and was feeling kind of frustrated by that. So, you know, that basically led into eventually me being kind of like, okay, well, this needs to you know, if I'm going to keep doing this, this has to be fulfilling for me. So I started shifting more towards like trying out my own thing, which turned out to be way more successful <laughs> um, in the end. So Isn't that amazing how that uh, works sometimes? <laughs> oh my goodness. I was just like, well, I'm going to try this weird stuff and everybody's going to be like, well, that's weird. And, you know, whatever. And instead people were responded to that um, in a way that they really hadn't to what I was doing before. So, you know, um, it's, it's all, it's all a learning curve. Um, but yeah, that's, that was, you know, that job with Craftsy was so formative for me and so important in terms of not only developing, um, you know, techniques and being exposed to techniques and materials that I hadn't been exposed to before, but also just generally kind of improving my understanding of, um, the cake decorating community and how strong and powerful it is. And, um, you know, I really gained a lot of respect for a lot of the heavy hitters who I got to to work with. Um, I was super lucky to be able to do that, um, you know, in how they were leading communities. And so much of it was about sharing just openly with each other, which I think is really special um, and not something that you see even in other realms of food. Yeah, that's you know? true. It's really amazing. And it really kind of cemented for me, like, okay, this is, this is the world that I want to be involved in. This is the the place where I'm going to find all my friends from now on. Like, yeah. Savannah you know, and I have both um, commented before how amazing it is to us how many people, instead of being competitive with each other, are just helpful with each other and yeah. willing yeah. to share, willing to to give advice and just prop each other up and give encouragement. And it's it's great to have such a huge a huge community of cheerleaders for what we're doing. Yeah. And anybody who comes up with something new and unique, which you clearly have, um, is is like admired instead of kind of resented yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's really it's really cool and I you know I hope that we can be an example <laughs> to other you know artistic and you know food related communities just in terms of that yeah in terms of that openness absolutely because um, it's so cool it is cool <laughs> Well, speaking just of openness and just sharing your tips and tricks, you have a YouTube channel that we've been watching over the past few days, and it's so fun just to see your process and really how you create these incredible cakes. And so tell us about your YouTube channel and when that started and, and how it's going. Yeah, um, I actually started that YouTube channel like a million years ago. Oh, yeah? <laughs> um, with this, you know, that kind of thing of... Um, Early on, I was kind of like, all right, so I need to, you know, I need to claim all of these different uh, platform handles and URLs. <laughs> so I did kind of like a big sweep of like all kinds of weird stuff that like doesn't even exist anymore, most of it, you know, but I was just, you know, trying to be thorough. Um, but then I kind of let it sit for a while because I didn't really have the equipment to make videos. I've always been, you know, a number of steps behind when it comes to like, having a phone that has like a reasonable camera on it and <laughs> you know, all like all that kind of stuff. Um, and, uh, and then once I started working at Craftsy, I got a lot of exposure to, uh, you know, a lot of people on my team were producers and we were making videos together and I started to get a better understanding of like 
how a video can come together, or I guess how many different ways a video can come together. There's no right or wrong way. It's about kind of what works for you and what makes the most sense for you. And so I got a little bit more encouraged to kind of dip my toes in. And I actually had uh, sort of one previous round of videos that I had on my YouTube that I since have since taken down just because my ability to communicate through video, what I'm doing has improved so much since then that I really had this kind of moment of being like, these are like super grainy and I don't like them. I also suffer from like perfectionism to a really extreme degree <laughs> as I think most cake decorators yeah, do. No That's doubt. the impression that I get. So if I don't really like something being on my feed or whatever, I'll just take it down because I, you know, we've done I'm that plenty obsess. of times. Yeah. Every yeah. so often we have to do a sweep of the Instagram and okay, this yeah. is probably not quite up to it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, so yeah, but the most exciting thing is that recently we, uh, my husband and I, in preparation for bringing this babe into the world, um, we moved from New York City out to New, Jer New Jersey um, into a bigger space. And so I was able to build out a little studio in the basement, which is not something that was possible in, you know, in New York City where mm -hmm. everyone's apartment is like <laughs> so tiny. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, and also... Um, my husband and I were talking about, okay, so like I need a better camera situation. Um, and he wound up getting me um, a new phone that has a really great camera on it um, as sort of like an early birthday present. Ah, good um, job, so husband. I actually, <laughs> I was, it was just, it was so nice. Um, and so I now have like actually a pretty solid setup. And before um, my you know, stomach got so big that it's, it was hard for me to to lean over the counter to decorate cakes anymore. Um, I was able to, you know, do some actually much cleaner um, videos, and uh, you know, and and actually um, the ones that I have posted on YouTube right now, um, I actually have the capability to make even cleaner ones um, pretty soon. You know, once everything settles down a little bit, and I'm able to kind of get back into any kind of a of a cake groove. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's been really exciting. And, and YouTube, I think, um, more than any other platform is the one that I'm really excited to, to get a little deeper into next. Um, Does that mean and... that you're more into content creation than actually selling your cakes? Yes, um, okay. for a handful of reasons. But first and foremost, just because, uh, you know, having now spent some time um, working for a cake decorating shop, in Brooklyn, which is actually what I was doing until March, um, working on wedding cakes and stuff, just kind of um, getting a closer look at how, uh, you know, how pricing works and how margins work. The kind of stuff that I'm doing right now um, is not practical uh, for for sale. It would be, I think, really hard to make a profit yeah. um, just because of how much time it takes and when I get into the kind of crazier patterns and stuff, I'm usually doing uh, either multiple colors of the same cake batter, which is time consuming, or more often I'm using two or more different cake recipes in a single cake to make sure that the cake is stable enough, but also that parts of it are flexible enough to do what I need them to do. And it's just like, you know, <laughs> at that point, uh, it's, it's very hard to think about how that could turn into, yeah, yeah. um, something that was actually salable. Yeah. Um, I, at the same time, I've thought about like, well, maybe I scale it back a little bit and do cakes that are taller, but not quite as crazy on the inside, unless someone's willing to pay the arm and a leg that it would take to make that actually profitable. Um, but, uh, at this point I'm actually pretty happy to, to work in other people's shops. I actually really like uh, you know, like my team in Brooklyn was amazing. I had so much fun and I learned so much from them um, and uh, was really able to push my own skills and my own uh, commitment to like clean, cleanness of edges and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so for the time being, I don't really have any plans to, uh, to shift into any kind of like, you know, starting a shop or anything like sure. that. Sure. Yeah. And I think that's okay. I feel like I feel like lots of people are just like content creators and just doing it for fun and just doing it 
to I don't know just have an artistic outlet and to inspire others and I think that's awesome that you're doing that and that others are doing that and that yeah you don't always need to be making a major profit on this stuff if you truly enjoy it it can just be your creative outlet and and you're absolutely right pricing for I think almost any cake make cake maker is tricky and what, what you're doing where your your end product is incredible but I mean, just listening to you just now, different kinds of cake for stability and yeah. flexibility and like yeah. you're a mad scientist in the kitchen. Yeah. And, and <laughs> that's a that's a whole other game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's definitely something where in order to make that scalable at all, uh, I can't even imagine how you'd try to streamline yeah that process. That's true. <laughs> I have to ask you, I would love to hear about the first experience that you had doing one of your incredible tall skinny cakes. Like how, <laughs> tell us about the first one and how you discovered that that was something that you actually wanted to do. Yeah. Um, so this was, um, in grad school, uh, I guess maybe eight years ago. Um, I was procrastinating and just sort of tootling around in the kitchen. And um, I liked, I knew I liked making small, actually at the time I liked making small cakes. I liked baking in six inch rounds um, because I found that size just really aesthetically appealing for some reason, but I never made anything that was too tall at that point. Um, And so I had this one day where I think I just had like a lot of, of like pureed pumpkin around for some reason. And so I was like, well, I'm just going to make as many six inch round pumpkin cakes as I possibly can and just like work through all of this pumpkin. And so I made probably five of them. Um, and, uh, and then just on a whim, I was kind of like, at that point I was already really into tiny skinny layers, um, which actually in terms of structuring a really tall cake is super helpful, which I, I didn't know at the time. Um, but I, uh, so I cut it into like the thinnest layers I possibly could. And then I just started stacking and I didn't stop until I was out of buttercream. Basically, I was just kind of being goofy (laughs) and I kind of looked at it and I was like, this is sort of silly. I also didn't have, um, a lot of buttercream left over at the end to, uh, to coat the outside. And so I did my first naked cake too, at that point, or like (laughs) semi nude, you know, like just a little bit of a crumb coat on there. And I kind of looked at it and I was like, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this, but there's something about the process of building it that was so fulfilling that even if I wasn't really convinced by the way it looked at the end yet, I after that, I basically never made um, another cake on my own time that wasn't oh, super wow. tall. Wow. Um, just because it was like fun for me. So um, quick technical yeah. question. You just said that thinner layers, more thinner layers is a better way to get it tall. Is that does that help keep it from sitting so heavily on the bottom layers? Uh, I think in part it does that. In part, it's also because um, I use um, a meringue-based buttercream. So when it's cold, it gets really hard. Um, and basically, when you are stacking up all these tiny layers, um, and each you know pair of layers has uh, a smear of buttercream between it and all those smears of buttercream are attached to each other, you're basically creating like a framework, like a oh, lattice. So that um, helps and keep it, it from settling then on the bottom tiers and smushing the bottom ones. Exactly. Um, oh, that's and, good to know. Yeah, and everything's pretty lightweight at that point. Um, and so, you know, some of it is like recipes I've developed over time that are extra stable and like good for this while still being like delicious and you know, um, something that you would want to eat. Um, but really at the end of the day, I think in terms of both just stacking the cake in the first place, but then also slicing and having the slice be able to be freestanding. Um, it's really just about your freestanding slices are like (laughs) a a marvel. (laughs) That's my favorite part. (laughs) Um, yeah, it's my favorite part and it's the most fulfilling part. Um, just to kind of look at it and be like, wow, that's, that's really standing up there. Um, and of course, I've had experiences where, you know, I take the picture and two seconds later, that thing has, you know, fallen <laughs> against the back wall bit. and there's like a smear of blue icing down the side and everything. But um, well, but that, that moment <laughs> where, yeah, oh, yeah no, like, none of this is like perfect. And as soon as things start to warm up again, too, 
um, which is, you know, when you would want to eat it is when it's like room temperature. Uh, there's no way it's going to stand anymore. It's really about getting that clean slice when it's cold. Okay. Um, that's key. So it's all about timing when it's that tall. <laughs> yep. Exactly. <laughs> no, I made a, a Utah jazz cake a couple of years ago and it was it was cool. a really tall one, but when we cut into it, the bottom tiers were I mean, they were like cake ball consistency. <laughs> they were just they were oh, really totally. smashed. And so I didn't <laughs> know how you would prevent that and seeing yours I've been pretty amazed. So that's cool. That's good to know. Yeah, yeah. Um and it, you know, part today. of it might also be I mostly at this point use one recipe for the for the base. And it's just like, I've just tweaked it over time and it really holds up well. Um, the only thing is, you know, unfortunately at that point it gets a little tricky when you want to do something that's a little bit more moist, like, uh, something that's oil based, maybe, um, everything that I do has to be butter based and the butter has to be beaten at some point and has to be aerated, um, in order to, to really have that that firm structure when it's cold. Um, and so, yeah, so it's really, it's, it's as much about the recipe as it is about technique. Have you considered teaching classes? Um, yeah, I actually, when we were living back in New York, um, I had, uh, a, like a local, um, cake outfit that does classes on the weekends and stuff, reach out to me to see if I wanted to, to do something. And then, you know, everything kind of fell apart yeah. <laughs> just in terms of like the world and whatever. Yeah. Um, and so we put that and cake on hold. Don't work. <laughs> Not super, you know, something that survived, um, you know, like ugh, the collapse of the wedding industry in New York city. I mean, I was part of definitely part of the first major round of people to lose their jobs to COVID um, just, you know, by virtue of being in New York city and part of the wedding industry, which, everyone canceled their weddings immediately as soon as things started. Yeah. We hear you. It's been, it's been a tricky time for, for (laughs) wedding cake businesses for sure. So you, Um, you lost your job and then did you then move to New Jersey? Was it all kind of like, all right, this timing is good. Now we'll move or, or what was that like for you? So we were actually, we had already moved out here um, and had basically committed ourselves to, uh, a kind of crazy commute um, as a trade-off for like having a yard and you know enough space for a baby and all that yeah, kind of yeah. stuff. Um, and then I want to say we did the commute for three weeks. Oh wow! And then uh, yeah, and then it the timing was insane. Like everything kind of happened at the same time. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And uh, and then you know I got a call from my boss who's wonderful and amazing, um, and she was basically like look, you know, there's no way that with just given how many people have canceled, there's no way that we can really keep going at this point. And I actually really appreciated how on top of that she was because it allowed me to um, basically pivot really quickly and get on um, unemployment immediately, um, which, you know, was really valuable for us because, you know, we had just moved we yeah, blown through some of sure. our savings and moving we're like getting ready to have a baby and so there's all this stuff that we need to to get and you know that sort of thing and probably help so, to beat um, the wave huh yeah yep uh yeah so yeah so it you know that's kind of how the timing worked out but we also felt very lucky to have moved right before it would have been really scary to be especially to be very pregnant um, in sort of like right in the middle of where everything was kind of breaking out at that point. Um, Yeah. So we live in a really quiet little neighborhood right now, backyard overlooks some woods, like very tucked away. And it's been, uh, it's felt very safe. Um, Feels very lucky. Good. That's very good. Yeah. Okay, so going back to the height of your cakes, how tall are they and what scraper do you use to <laughs> scrape it perfectly? I mean, I was watching your YouTube video and it's a big, tall scraper. Uh-huh. 
<laughs> um, yeah, so usually my cakes at this point are anywhere between a foot high to a foot and a half. So like wow. 12 to 18 inches. Wow. Um, and just so everybody I... knows, people who are listening, if you don't know, her cakes are, they're skinny and they are, there's not like a wider base at the bottom and then it gradually goes up like you would expect a wedding cake. When she's saying a foot to a foot and a half, it is straight up and it's amazing. You need to go look at the pictures because it's incredible. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, it's, uh, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's basically like pushing it as far as I can go without, uh, knowing for certain that the slice is not going to stand on its own. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, can't push it much further than that at this point. Um, but the scraper, um, is one that I found on Etsy, um, from an account called fat girl cakes which really appealed to me <laughs> um, as a title. <laughs> and it's um, their like big and tall model um, too, which is pretty funny. And it's, it's 12 inches. So oh, okay. um, at this point it, you know, for a lot of the cakes I do, it like just barely, barely it. clears it. And for the um, ones that are and, taller, are you having to then do it in yep. steps? Yes. Oh, man, <laughs> um, so hard. yeah. Yeah, for those ones, you know, I'll usually break out the smaller um, bench scraper, just a regular sized one, and do it in sections. Um, or I'll use the bigger bench scraper and do it twice. It sort of depends on if I'm doing like, are there multiple fault lines in the, you know, in the buttercream on the outside and stuff. Like sometimes it's more manageable to do each chunk of buttercream separately with a smaller, with a smaller one, and then sort of clean it up with a bigger one after it has a chance to firm up, you know, it's, I sort of play it by ear um, and just see what kind of feels like it makes the most sense. But yeah, there's a lot of like sort of moments of mending little lines and stuff that get created um, when I have to use the scraper yeah. a couple of times um, on different sections. So do they sell other cake equipment on, was it Fat mm -hmm. Girl Bakes? Fat girl cakes. Fat girl yep. cakes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have to check. Yeah, it out. they do. Um, they do, and it's it's you know it's a super great. I, yeah, you you should definitely check it out. It's super yeah, great. Yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, was the only place where, at that time, I was able to find like a full sized scraper that was metal, um, because before that I had been using a giant quilting ruler. My mother is a quilter, <laughs> um, and so I definitely lifted one of her rulers at one point and was like, this actually seems like it could really work. Um, I, I actually uh, discovered that after I had some conversations with the cake decorator Kara Andretta, um, who kind of, she does um, like really beautiful cake work, but she these days is a content creator who focuses mostly on building your business and understanding tools and equipment and stuff like that. And she's just so brilliant. Um, and she, she was basically talking about like, you know, at the end of the day, you can kind of use anything to be a cake scraper, like go to Home Depot and look around and see if you can find just something that has, you know, the height and then that proper sort of right angle at the bottom. And it's a scraper, um, you know, especially if you're doing stuff at home and it's not, um, not so, you know, it doesn't have, you don't have to worry as much about it being food safe in terms of like, you know, uh, like for sale. To yeah. Legally. Exactly. <laughs> um, and so, so yeah, so I, I grabbed a quilting ruler and um, that was 18 inches high. But the problem with that is that it was made from this like flexible um, material. I mean, it was, you know, it's pretty firm, but if you're really pressing it against a cold cake to like scrape, it would bow a little bit, um, the plastic would bow. And uh, so eventually I was just like, this is too annoying to, <laughs> to uh -huh. deal with. I need to find something a little more professional. <laughs> firmer, yeah. So your cakes are, your cakes are so tall. And so there's a lot of cake involved in each one. What do you do with all of the cake? Uh, yeah. So, you know, in the like before times long ago, um, I would send uh, slices, I would basically cut the whole thing into slices and then send it with my husband into his office, um, which was, you know, like much appreciated by um, the folks there. Uh, I actually ended up getting a ton of really great feedback from them, especially from my husband's boss who, you know, fancies himself sort of like a connoisseur in all things food. And so I would like come in to, to visit and he would be like, 
I have some notes for you on your last cake. I really thought that texture wise, it was better than the one before, but flavor wise, I just wasn't. And I was like, okay, thank you. Thank you for that. I appreciate uh, your input. Thank you. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's what we did before. Um, and since, you know, going into the office is no longer really a thing at this point, the ones that I've been making out here, um, you know, a lot of it actually, so I haven't made a ton of cake since we moved out here, mostly because I'm like super tired all the time. I'm super pregnant um, and tired. But we, we have eaten our way through a few of them, which is kind of <laughs> gross when you think about the fact that there's only two of us here. Um, and then for the ones that have like tons of food coloring in them, which, you know, I love the way they look, but it's, you know, you don't, you don't want to eat that much food coloring all the time. Right. It's like, yeah. Probably not great. Um, we've actually ended up like wasting some of it. I've had to throw it away and that's really, that's been hard. And that's also been a thing that's kept me from wanting to do a lot of those more kind of colorful cakes lately. Yeah. Um, Cause that just doesn't feel good. So do um, you know your neighbors in your new, in your new neighborhood? You know, we had just moved out here and we're getting ready to like, literally getting ready to go around with like cookies and muffins to say hi to everybody. And then, you know, social distancing kind of took place and mm -hmm. we really didn't feel like it was yeah. the right time to do that. But we have gotten to know some of the folks around us just by virtue of the fact that like, um, you know, we go on walks um, around the neighborhood a lot and we'll see them in their yards and we'll have a sort of like yell conversation <laughs> at like you know, 12 feet. Um, so, you know, we've very slowly gotten to know people around here, but it's been a little bit of a weird, you know. Yeah, a it's a hard thing. it's a hard time to get to know new people. When, <laughs> yeah. when baby Jacob comes and you get back to baking, instead of taking cookies and muffins, you'll have to take slices <laughs> of your cake. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, no, I think the, you know, the timing on everything opening up and all that hopefully is, uh, you know, bodes well for our ability to be able to do stuff like that pretty soon. Um, yeah. Like super excited about it. And, and I want everybody to see Jake, you know, like of I, of course, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been really weird not being able to, you know, like have my family come out. They live in the Southwest um, in Albuquerque. And uh, we made the sort of hard decision a little while ago that um, they weren't going to come out uh, or fly out um, for when, you know, he's born. Um, it's probably not going to be until the fall. So, yeah. you know, I just, I, you know, I can't wait until yeah. all of that opens back up and, sure. and I can share cake with people, you know, you can share, cake and you can share your cute baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All that, the good things. There's so many, you, you forget how many parts of our lives are being affected by the pandemic and stuff, but it really, it really isn't just our businesses and stuff. It's like so many parts of our lives and it'll be yeah. nice when it's done. <laughs> Yes, I can't wait. <laughs> For sure. Okay, so let's talk about some of your biggest challenges in, as a cake designer and some of your biggest successes along the way. Yeah, um, so I think in terms of the biggest challenge I've faced this entire time um, of doing, you know, like one tier wonder into sort of milk moon stuff um, has been time. Um, because I have always had a full-time job at the same time. And um, a lot of the cake stuff that I do is really time consuming. And so I'm pretty good at strategizing and, you know, baking one day and then the next day doing this step and then the next day doing that step. But uh, it, you know, it gets overwhelming sometimes when you're trying to do like your full-time job, which, you know, honestly, I haven't had like a, like an eight hour a day job for pretty much my entire career. Like it almost feels like that doesn't exist anymore, especially in offices where, you know, you work like 10, 10 plus hours a day and then you come home and you're so tired and mm -hmm. um, you're trying to balance your relationship and uh, your friends and family and all this kind of stuff. Um, so fitting, fitting it in um, has always been the hard part since it's not my main gig. You know, it's, it's something that I do for fun and try to get in, um, fit in on on this, the sides. Um, I imagine that's going to be more complicated when I have a kid. <laughs> Just a guess, you know. Um, but uh, 
but you know, at the same time, uh, it's, it's that challenge has pushed me to be more creative in terms of how I'm structuring my life. And it's also forced me to have moments where I kind of have to say like, okay, I'm not going to be able to fit this in and being with family for this event is more important. Um, and as someone who gets very obsessive about my projects, it's hard, it can be hard to do that, but I think it's an important thing to know how to do and to be okay with that. Um, so definitely important for, you know, as a learning experience, um, in terms of success, um, I think for me, the, the greatest success to have come out of all of this cake stuff has been, um, just a in general sort of boost of self-confidence. Um, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people where like as a kid, I was surrounded by people being super supportive of me at all times. And yet somehow I still managed to develop some really weird like self-doubt issues and um, kind of questioning whether or not I was ever going to be really, really great at anything. Mm -hmm. um, and as I was kind of mentioning before in terms of going from, okay, I'm going to do what other people are doing and I'm going to try to just do it better to oh, hey, there's this like new, interesting direction that I want to go in that's kind of unexplored and feels very personal and fulfilling to me on a really fundamental level. I was able to kind of change my perspective um, in terms of what success actually meant to me. Um, and so uh, at this point, um, I'm happy to say that I feel like it has less to do with um, external validation and more to do with whether I feel good about what I'm doing and whether I feel fulfilled by like what I'm, what I'm creating. And so that was, you know, just on a very fundamental level, um, like a huge impact that cake had on my life. Um, just being able to, to change my perspective on that a little bit. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I, I love that. Cause I think, I think all of us have, I don't think any of us escape going through our lives without having times when we, wonder if we're headed the right direction, or if we're doing the right thing, or if we're, we're doing well enough at something, or if we have anything of value to offer. And mm -hmm. it's always so nice when we, when we do hone in on something that, that we can contribute and that we can feel good about and that mm -hmm. we feel is a part of us that, that we can share with the world that is a good part of us. And so yeah. I think that's awesome. And truly, I think, I think you're, I, I really love your journey that you actually found what is working for you and found your artistic voice because cakes are art and mm -hmm. and rather than just copying someone else, which when you're when you have a business, you're forced to do that a lot. People will bring you pictures. And so your inspiration isn't always from yourself. It's from outside yeah, things. Yeah. And so the mm -hmm. way you're doing it is a really good way to let your voice come through. And I think that's great. Yeah, I mean, I uh, definitely, so uh, I had been working office jobs until a couple years ago when I started working at Nine Cakes in Brooklyn and got a real sort of firsthand view into that process of, um, you know, you're sort of doing a consultation and meeting with your customers and they're showing you pictures and you're, and, and you know, Nine Cakes has a very distinctive look that's really beautiful um, and most people coming in would want something that was reflective of that aesthetic but we definitely had tons of people come in too who were kind of like i saw this cake can you make us this cake um and so it's always such a a delicate balance to kind of try to figure out like okay is there a way that we can make this ours you don't necessarily want to especially if it's something really distinctive you don't necessarily want to like feel like you're ripping somebody off and oftentimes like you know a lot of people in the cake world don't mind that kind of thing. They're just happy that their um, that their techniques are getting out there and their aesthetic is getting out there. Um, but at the same time, it is it's, it is tricky. Um, and uh, yeah, but being able to then go home and do your own thing is such a great uh, release when you've spent all this time being like, okay, let's you know, let's do do exactly what's in this picture. And then you get to go home and just be like, woo, like I, you know, hair down, like I'm just going to do whatever I want <laughs> yeah. and kind of get crazy with it. Um, and uh, my coworkers, you know, it's, I think a lot of cake people do that. My coworkers were doing it too, going home and just playing um, with fondant on, 
on cake dummies and just seeing what happened and experimenting and um, doing that more kind of like liberating side um, of, of cake decorating. Yeah, and that's so important as cake decorators for everyone to just take some time to do something creative, try something new, and just not worry about what the world thinks of it or what mm-hmm. what a client might want. Just mm-hmm. do whatever is coming from your heart. And honestly, I think that's where we grow most as artists and specifically mm-hmm. cake makers because that's really mm-hmm. where we can find out who we are and what we want to be making. And sure, people who do sell their cakes and have customers coming in saying what they want, they have to do mm-hmm. what the customer wants, but also... Mm-hmm. I love what you said, like, just take the time to be creative and let your hair down and not worry about anything else except for making what you want to make. Yeah. 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 That's that's the fun part. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's one of the reasons why when clients do come to us and they give us creative freedom, it's just like, oh, "Oh, it's It's just like, come back, come back forever. Like, just uh, so awesome. Um, Yeah, for sure. (laughs) When they trust you. You know, and you're just like, thank you. Thank you for trusting me with this. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. And you know, when people do trust you, I I think that I think there's such a desire to please them because they let you do that, that they usually end up, up with something that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something that might be a little above and beyond, you know, yeah, where you're exactly. just like, all right, I'm going to go full on here. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, Azara, is there anything else that our listeners should know about you or the future of Milk Moon Kitchen? Yeah, I mean, I guess just, you know, like keep your eyes peeled because I have so many plans and so many new things I want to try. And um, I've also been developing my own sort of curriculum for explaining more about how I do what I do. And I'm hoping to be able to like release the exact recipes that I use and that sort of thing um, in the coming year. Obviously, uh, my pace is going to be a little slow for a while, but uh, once I get my feet back on the ground, I really want to invest more time in um, in sharing sharing my techniques in a way that is actually actionable for people, so that if they want to try, they can, and um, we'll you know hopefully be able to meet with some success because uh, you know I can share a lot of detail about what I'm doing. Um, the videos I have on YouTube right now are fun to watch. And if you if you're already familiar with how cake works, um, I think people who are more experienced can kind of probably more easily understand exactly like how things are coming together. But I really want to get to a point where I can have, you know, sort of like longer videos that really break it down step by step um, so that uh, it's 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 achievable for people who thought that might have thought that it it wasn't achievable for them before um so yeah so all of that and more coming um you know uh once everything sort of calms down with the baby (laughs) very cool but in the meantime just enjoy your sweet little baby because speaking from experience it goes way too fast (laughs) (laughs) yeah well i already can't believe that you know it's almost time for him to be here. I mean, I, I, the past nine months have been a, a total whirlwind. Um, yeah. and, uh, yeah, so I, I literally can't imagine, but I'm so excited and, you know, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been great to talk to you and we really hope that everything goes well with your delivery and your new baby and yes. this move and everything and meeting your neighbors and all of that fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. And when yeah, he does officially come, um, I want to see pictures. I'm so excited for you. <laughs> oh yeah. No. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of amazing, but we're, yeah, we're super excited. And thank you guys so much also for, you know, A, for having me on your podcast, but B, for creating this podcast in the first place. Um, I It's been, you know, I've been involved in the cake world for such a long time. And the fact that there hasn't been anything like this before, especially since the cake world is such a tight-knit community, uh, you know, I just, I think it's so important. Um, and it's so fun to be able to listen to the conversations that you're having with cake people because, you know, it's like, it's as soon as someone starts talking, you're like, ah, oh, you're like me, you're a cake person too. Like, what's your experience? Like, you know, like, uh, there's just so many things that we know about and talk about that other people just have no idea, um, 
And it's so awesome to be able to, especially in a time when we can't all be going out and meeting new people, uh, to be able to meet new people through your podcast. It's been really cool. So, oh, well, thank you. Know, you. Thank yeah. you. That means so much. <laughs> thank it really you. does. And it's been a blast to get to know people from all over. It really has been it really has been a bright spot in what has been kind of a, a, a tricky time for all of us. And so <laughs> I'm glad that it's resonating with people because we're we're loving it and we really appreciate you being on. It's so nice to talk to you. And so exciting to be just a little teeny bit of this part of your life that is about to become so <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Um, and I can't wait to uh, to keep listening, you know. Wasn't that a blast? She is just such a happy and cheerful and fun person to visit with and so talented. I hope that during the visit with her, you took the opportunity to go look at her Instagram and see the tall cakes that we were talking about because she really has developed a style of her own and it's just really, really impressive. Yeah, for sure. And I loved what she talked about how she had a completely different name for her business. She, she was kind of planning to take it somewhere else, but then she felt like she needed to kind of switch gears and go somewhere else with her business. And she did that. And I think sometimes it's scary to do that. And so for this week's challenge, we just want to encourage everyone, if maybe you've had an inkling or a thought in the back of your mind saying, you need to do this with your business, I need to change this, take it this way, do it. I mean, it is scary and it is kind of intimidating to kind of change gears on your business especially if it's kind of a more established business but I think it's so important to follow your heart and to do what you feel is right for yourself and for your business and I I think you'll find success there too. Yes and I really liked what she said that's when she started to feel inspired was when she actually pivoted and started doing something that was inspiring to her and that was different than what she'd initially planned. She started feeling inspired. I know that there have been some things that we've done in our business that as we look back on it and as we have kind of studied it, we've decided to kind of go a different direction and and maybe not include certain things on our menu or there are different ways that you can evaluate and decide which direction to go. So let's all take a close look at what we're doing this week and figure out what we might need to change in order to stay inspired and get where we want to go. So next week on the podcast, we're going to have Greg from Fat Daddios, and we're really excited to have him on. A few weeks ago, we had a poll where we took a a poll on different bakeware, and Fat Daddios was an overwhelmingly popular brand, and so we're excited to talk to him about their pans and some things that they have coming up in the future that are pretty exciting so you'll want to tune into that yeah for sure but thank you so much guys for tuning in and for your support always and thank you to our producer Corey for everything that he does behind the scenes and we look forward to talking more cake with you guys next tuesday hey everyone this is producer Corey. i just wanted to say thanks for listening Also, subscribe to the podcast and follow the Let's Talk Cake podcast on Instagram so you don't miss out on any content. If you do the challenge this week, tag the podcast in your post, and we'll share it in the next episode. Thanks again, and we'll see you next Tuesday.